A pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to a, another edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by Charles Edmund of the uh, Alcorn State Radio Network, one of the uh, busiest guys and uh, how can we say it? Black college, college sports media. He's always on the go somewhere and it looks like he's at home presently but i'm sure he's probably uh, has a uh, have a game to broadcast today good morning charles good morning actually i don't um this is one of the few weekends that uh, i don't have a lot going on but it'll start picking up starting next week actually on monday i'll be in monroe girls play louisiana monroe they lost to colorado last night and then on wednesday uh, UAB, and then after Christmas, Minnesota. The men will play at Minnesota. So this is one of the few weekends that that I have free, and I'll be able to watch the Celebration Bowl, talk a little football, a little sports with you, and uh, just looking forward to being at home because I'm not home very many weekends. Well, enjoy yourself this weekend, sir. You're absolutely right. Uh, guest menu looks like this on this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Of course, Charles Edmund joins me. Uh, Kamari Darrington. It's been a while since I've had uh, Kamari on. Uh, of course, he does a, a lot of broadcasting as well with ESPN, ESPN Plus, what have you. So he'll join us uh, at about 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. Of course, because of the Celebration Bowl, we're broadcasting earlier than our normal 11 a.m. time. So uh, we, we don't want to put everybody in the crosshairs of you know, having to uh, listen or watch us and, and then the Celebration Bowl, which we're going to talk about shortly. Uh, also on the guest menu, Coach Van Petaway returns, uh, talking some swag basketball, and uh, we're, we're going to have an interesting topic as far as that. Uh, I'm going to tell you more about that. And then Willa Brown joins us again, uh, very animated last week. Uh, joining us again, Charles, uh, to give us a perspective and opinions on – college sports or black college sports but here's what's trending we'll get right into it of course the celebration bowl north carolina central versus jackson state 11 a.m central standard time on the abc network uh, it'll be the final uh game as coach for coach Dion sanders of course north carolina central led by coach trey oliver Got a chance to know him when he was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as a defensive coordinator for Southern University under then head coach Dawson Odoms. So we, we got some particulars, some game information we're going to give you about that. I, I guess the, the question is, Charles, right off the bat, Jackson State heavily favored. Does North Carolina Central have a chance? I think they do. But we shall see. Also, Charles, T.C. Taylor. Named the, the new head football coach at Jackson State, and, and I'm just simply glad for him. I've always uh, preached about opportunity. He has done his due diligence. He was just looking for an opportunity. He was ready for a head coaching assignment. He gets it at Jackson State, so I'm, I'm very, very happy uh, for him. Then Sam Washington let go. That's the words I use at North Carolina A&T. Got a chance to meet him, Charles, like you, at Celebration Bowl. And um, uh, a coach that has done an outstanding job. And uh, you never like to see uh, 
this situation happen. But if, if Coach Washington wants to continue to coach, and I think he does, Charles, I don't believe he'll have a hard time finding another landing spot. So that's what's trending, Charles. Um, Celebration Bowl, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be another good football game. I mean, we've been to these things in person, and we've seen how these things play out. Uh, the MEAC is, is dominated. Only one SWAC team has won it, and that was Grambling um, in a, a low-scoring game. Look, all the talk has is, is been very little – I guess it's disappointing in a way, but just the reality of where it is. There's very little talk about the X's and O's of this game. Is more the talk of we all know what it's what this is about. The last game for head coach Deion Sanders. We all as head coach of Jackson State. We all know that. Um, I, I do think that Jackson State will win the game. I just think they're just a more talented team. But you can't tell that to North Carolina Central players. Uh, remember, Alcorn was heavily favored against this North Carolina Central team. A couple of years ago, and Central pulled off one of the bigger upsets that we've seen in black college football. So I think Central's kind of used to being in this position. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a good football game. If it's a high-scoring game, I think Jackson will win it. If it's a low defensive slog, I do think Central has a chance. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Jackson State, of course, 12-0 and zero overall. They Swag, defending SWAC champions, won it again this year. Um, North Carolina Central, 9-2, and 4-1 in the MEAC. Some notable wins against uh, New Hampshire. Their most notable win, who is a team that normally, regularly participates in the uh, FCS uh, playoffs. Uh, of course, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 noon if you're on the East Coast or Eastern Standard Time. Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Tickets, they say, sold out. So will we see the best crowd in the history of the Celebration Bowl? Will it be in the top five? Uh, we shall see. Um, but you look at uh, last year. If you go back and look, Jackson State heavily favored. Uh, South Carolina State took it to them. Coach Buddy Pugh had his team prepared. And I guess North Carolina Central will probably take the same attitude everyone is uh not not giving them a chance this is for the black college national championship um they've played outside the, the MAC, some tough games new hampshire uh, what tennessee tech coastal um and excuse me campbell university so it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to maybe withstand the onslaught with Jackson State because you know Charles you've seen them up close I've I've seen them up close they uh, pride themselves on a, getting a tremendous start early and I think this will be the same thing they'll try to get a they'll, they'll try to just bum rush them early and if North Carolina Central can withstand that they'll, they'll have a chance and then also in the past, we've talked about the physicality. Uh, the game you mentioned previously, Grandma State, North Carolina Central, it was a physical ball game. And so when we talk about adjectives to describe uh, the Mideastern Athletic Conference and their success, not only in the Celebration Bowl, but in SWAC MEAC Challenge, it's the physicality. They're very physical and, and defensively, they come after you. So once again, those things will play a part 
as we're watching this football game uh, today. Now, Charles, you said in the SWAC championship, you had some concerns about the um, outside noise um, as far as Coach Sanders and how that would affect them in the SWAC uh, championship. You're going to still have the, the same dynamics with this ball game. But the biggest, the big question is, can they do exactly what they did in the SWAC championship game? It's about X's and O's and to block out all the noise. And then this is, believe it or not, T.C. Taylor, although he's the new head coach, we're going to see how this affects him as far as now on the national broadcast. And then, of course, Coach Sanders uh, never shies away from the attention, if I'll put it, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know what's going forward. You know, the big storyline was who was going to be the replacement once Coach Sanders left. Uh, there was, you know, we didn't know, but I'm glad this of this decision. Uh, I think a lot of Jacksonians are. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of schools of thought. Some would, would have thought that Ashley Robinson would have gone back to the celebrity hire or get another high-profile situation, mm -hmm. but he stayed in-house. And, you know, you can understand that. You know, coach that's on that staff that's won two straight SWAC championship games, two straight division titles. You want to keep the continuity going, you know, and, and I think that was a, a huge deal. So congratulations, T.C. Taylor. He's been around in different places. Uh, he's earned it. He's a Jacksonian. So I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I remember when he played quarterback at Jackson State, the lefty. You know, I, I remember all of that. So he deserves the opportunity to keep the tradition going. So as far as this game is concerned, it's, it, you know, what he does in the background and on the sideline is one thing. But, uh, you know, the, the one thing about it is that Jackson had a tough grind two weeks ago against Southern University. And that's always been kind of the conversation and celebration bowl why MEAC teams have the advantage in part um, because they have a lot of downtime. It's been five weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, since they played a football game. Jackson you know, I had a blowout early against Southern, and it turned out to be a grind. So I don't know if that will play a factor. Yeah, I think it, it is something to talk about, you know, especially with all the other noise that's going on. I think the players will block it out a little bit. But, you know, when you watch this game on television today, how much camera time Coach Sanders will get pacing up and down the sidelines. You already know how it's going to go. It's going to be about him. This is his final game and all of that. And just trying to complete the journey, trying to complete the undefeated season trying to do something one other SWAC team has done, which is win the Celebration Bowl. If he can do that, then he's gone out on top as far as head coach of Jackson State is concerned. So I, I do think, again, if it's going to be a low-scoring game, it favors, it favors Central. If it's going to be a high-scoring game, if Central spots Jackson State like Southern did a couple weeks ago, Diggins says an early hole, it's over. Because Jackson's defense is just suffocating. They're just not going to allow you to put that type of run together. So we'll see. Let's see how the first quarter turns out. If it's a slog in the first quarter and Central hangs in, then hey, could you know could be could be interesting. But if Jackson gets it going early, if Central turns it over early, if they have they spot Jackson 17, 20, 24 points, then it's lights out. We're pulling for the swag today, despite all the other stuff. You know, I'm all swag. And um, you know, especially in these non-conference games, celebration bowl. So we'll see. I, I think Jackson's the better team. I think Jackson will win the game. But Central's been big underdogs before, and they have found a way to win. So I don't think that bothers 
this program, this team, Coach Oliver, at all. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a good ball game. And on the call for uh, Celebration Bowl, of course, Tiffany Green and Jay Walker and uh, Tiffany Blackman. And, and you know, I, I guess Jay Walker is kind of a lightning rod at, at times. Just kind of uh, you've talked to people. I've talked to people. And, uh, you know, he <laughs> one would say he has he's not objective. He's a meat guy and he's going to be kind of uh, pulling for them. But then you look at it, the praise that, that he's uh, bestowed on uh, on Jackson State. And it's interesting. I, I looked at a little bit of uh, Coach Sanders uh, press conference at the, uh, at the Celebration Bowl. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like. They've done something they wanted to dominate. And some of the comments that I interpreted uh, from that press conference um, and, and even watching T.C. Teller addressing uh, the team about how they've had so much hate against them because they've been so dominant and, and, and been winning. But I guess for, for me, I can only speak for myself, doesn't matter. Even before Coach Sanders was there, Charles, you know how I feel about the rivalry, the intense rivalry between Southern and Jackson State. So it it could have been Moms Mabley coaching Jackson State. I'm still going to feel the same same way. Is it hate? That's that's debatable. Um, as far as when when a team is winning and they're winning so much, people will kind of like uh, I'll use their term term hate on them. But I don't think it's more that they hate on Jackson State. But it's, you know, I guess it's the, the, the lightning rod. And that's that lightning rod is Coach Deion Sanders. When you you remember him at Florida State, you remember him playing in the NFL, he's always, at, quote, unquote, as he says, has been a winner. But he, he gets these kind of reactions because of who he is. When you look on social media and and and, and you know, going between Jackson State and uh, the University of Colorado, he gathers the attention. And quite simply, he loves it. He loves the attention. So I, I guess it's like if you're growing up and you have an older brother and he's athletic, he's a smart person, and he gets a lot of attention. As a younger brother, you want to kind of, get some of that attention as well. And so you kind of have this little rivalry. So more more of an intense rivalry, I, I think. Hate is a strong word. And maybe it was motivation by TC Taylor using that in the in the locker room. But it was it was a very good speech because he, he talked about Coach Sanders and what he's meant and what he's learned. And he basically said he loved him and and, and through it all they've been able to accomplish every goal that they uh, set out. So in that essence, you congratulate them. And um, they said what they wanted to do. They've done it. And now if they win today, they will have gone undefeated. And they have been dominant for the most part, but I wouldn't say 100% uh, dominant, but they were able to overcome some things during the season. Yeah, I mean, they have. I mean, it, it's been it's been a special journey for these two years. And in anytime you dominate in anything, in sports especially, whether it's a team sport, whether it's boxing or an individual sport, 
there are going to be some people that will love it, but there will be some haters out there too. That's just the way sports is. Because as a, as a fan against that team or that person, you're wondering why is your favorite personality, why is your favorite team not in that conversation? So I think a lot of it, some of it is envious and jealousy of Jackson State. But then if you're a fan of whatever swag school you are, you're looking at your own school and saying, what is it going to take for us to be that dominant? So that, that, that dynamic is there. Then you add, you know, when we won six straight division titles with Fred McNair and Jay Hobson, we, there wasn't a lot of the bravado that took place during those, that six-year period. But people still wanted to beat Alcorn just because we we won six straight division titles. I mean, that's just the way that's just the way it works. That but then you that's add, more like it. Yeah. Then you add the dynamic of Coach Sanders and all the noise that, and that's just who he is. He's not going to change. He's going to be the same way at Colorado. He mm-hmm. said we're coming. You saw his video him walking this field at Colorado. We're coming. So you can already see how that's going to go once he heads to Boulder coming up. So, you know, when you add that dynamic, you know, his opening press conference, was it a sermon? Was it a press conference? Do you believe? Are you on board? He did what he said that he was going to do. And his press conference yesterday at the Celebration Bowl was quite telling uh, to me. And, And as a person that works for an institution, just like he does, I see some of the things that he's talking about because coaches do talk about these things throughout the conference. Maybe not every coach is going to put it out there like he did, but he did. And and so that's just who he is. That's just something that's something totally different. That's probably worth another conversation somewhere down the road instead of the game itself. But he did what he set out to, to do some of the other things that he said he couldn't do or wouldn't do or wasn't allowed to do. You know, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. There's two sides to that story. So we have to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that will come out at some point in time down the road once it's all said and done. So, hey, from the football perspective, and that's what we're talking about, he did what he said he was going to do. You know, I think for us, the only thing left is win this celebration bowl, you know, go to the FCS playoffs and maybe win a game or two there. Then, to, you know, that if you want to complete the total journey, I think that would be it. But for what he's done and where Jackson State was when he got there, where he is right now, where the program is right now, I think, yeah, you can check all the boxes. You know, if he doesn't win the Celebration Bowl, it's going to be an incomplete. But still, you know, a spring season, two fall seasons, you know, two division titles, two SWAC championships. You know, I think he's done about all that he can do as far as the -the on-the-field stuff and the coaching stuff. So, I, you know, I applaud him. I'm pulling for Jackson State today just because they're swack. You know, I'm pulling for the swack. I always do when we play out of conference, even in the celebration bowl. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. You know, it's it, it's gonna be a fun game to watch. The camera's gonna be on him, pacing up and down the sidelines. It's gonna be a lot of stories. So, but I'm I'm just hoping the players stay focused. This is an early game, it's tough playing this early, but I, I do think Jackson's the better team. I think Shadur Sanders, that offensive dynamic, their defense is terrific. And I do think that will play a factor, and I think Jackson will win the game. North Carolina Central quarterback Davius Richard is fifth in the nation. FCS in points responsible, uh, averaging a mid-high 20.4 points a game. Richard has passed for 2,486 yards and 24 touchdowns. He's rushed for 691 yards. Now, I haven't got a chance to see him, of course, uh, during the season, but – offensively it seems like he uh, he is the, the head of that offense and it's going to be interesting to see um 
what kind of uh, a strategy that they're going to put forth in this football game. Let's go back. If they have a chance, they cannot do what Southern University did in the SWAG championship. Give three turnovers. Just give them an opportunity to score. If they cannot turn the ball over, then I, I think they have a chance. They, they really do. Um, this has been a solid team. Uh, you look nine and two overall. They've played some tough non-conference games. And, and speaking of that, I actually non-conference. That leads me to this. I actually watched an FCS playoff game from start to finish. Charles, can you believe that? <laughs> it was North Dakota State and Incarnate Word and. The thing that had me, or the reason why I watched it, because uh, Lindsey Scott Jr., his father played at Southern University. And Lindsey has uh, been to multiple football programs in his career. Seems like Lindsey Scott Jr. has been there seven years, but he has. <laughs> but now you want to talk about quarterback play. He threw for over 4,000 yards. And that offense... And that defense, it was a it was a well of a game, according to word. Uh, went out early on North Dakota State, but the pedigree of a champion. They were able to settle down, and they came back and won, won this football game, but very exciting. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, Jackson State and Southern University playing against those two teams specifically Jackson State, how would they fare? Because Jackson State defensive, we talked about it, outstanding. Outstanding. But, boy, you look at the line play and just the offensive scheme that according to word uh, used in that game, I'll be honest with you, Charles, I don't think either team would win. It would be tough. So the thing about – you know, playing in the FCS playoffs, and, and we know the Celebration Bowl. You know, we know the financial recipe for that, according, you know, based against the FCS playoffs. We've debated that. We've talked about that. But for once, for once, I sat down and thought about what if. Not going to happen as far as Southern and Graham. But for those teams in the SWAC that want to get into the playoffs as it may be an at-large bid. Once again, you got to start playing those teams. And some schools have, Prairie View, they, you know, they played according to the word. And start having some success. So you have your cake and eat it too. But uh exciting game, man. Exciting game. Um and and both of those programs are are tough. And I know resources, North Dakota State. You know, they're the big dog in that state. Their budget, their resources are better than some FBA, lower FBS teams. But uh, I, I just sat there and thought about it. So it, it's always uh, a chance. You, you always have to improve. And it also made me think about this. Don't sue me, folks. But the too early 2023 SWAC football championship game. Charles, who who do you think? <laughs> who do you think would will be in the participants? I, I will put it this way. One, I think 
Let's see what FAMU can do. Jackson State, T.C. Taylor, new head coach. How much talent will be returning? They picked up a couple of big recruitments um, in, in the transfer portal already. Uh, on the Western side, much more unclear. Alcorn, can they bounce back from two back-to-back? Losing seasons. Can Southern get a little bit better and push push it forward? Prairie View will have something to say. Ah, that's why they call it the too early look. SWAC 2023 yeah. 20, football championship. I, I I I should be ashamed of myself for even bringing that up. <laughs> no, it's 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 never too early uh, to to give the early predictions. Let let me say this though. Let me go back to your point about the playoffs in Jackson State. You know, it's been reported that there were some discussions between AD Ashley Robinson and the AD of North Dakota State about playing a game. Uh, at some point mm-hmm. now, according to North Carolina, North Dakota State's AD, it was just a conversation, nothing, no teeth into it. It's just some exploratory conversations. I would have loved to see that mm. happen. I would have loved to see that happen. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to it at some point. I doubt it now. But I, I think if Coach Sanders was still there, uh, I do think that would have been something to discuss. Uh, the guarantee wouldn't have been great. I mean, North Dakota State is not going to pay you what? South Alabama's going to pay you. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? So from, from a monetary standpoint, you're not going to make the type of coin that you think you're going to make. You know, your band probably is not going to be able to go. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I, I don't know. But, you know, when you're playing these top FCS teams, you're not going to get the same guarantee. You know, we, we played James Madison several years ago. They were one of the top teams the FCS. We only got $225,000. And their private school that was going through a $70 million football renovation at the time we played them. So that just tells you what kind of you know, guarantee you're going to get for playing, you know, your top tier FCS team. So I, I would have loved to see that, uh, love to see that happen. And, you know, I don't know if it'll happen going forward as far as, you know, North Dakota state. Um, I think the early predictions, I do think Jackson will probably be favored in the, in, in the East. I do think Florida A&M will probably be picked second. Um, because of the t- even though Shadur Sanders is gone, some people might feel like that's a difference maker. Some might put FAMU over Jackson State. Um, I think one, two, two, one, however way you want to look at it. But I do think Alabama State would be picked to finish third based on you know the year that they had with Eddie Robinson Jr. So those are my t- those are the top three. You don't know who's going to be the coach of Bethune Cookman or Mississippi Valley. I think Coach Maynard's got some work to do there at Alabama A&M. So. Uh, the East, there's some uncertainty, too, as far as coaches are concerned. But the West is just so wild. I do think Texas Southern is going to be elevated because of the work that they did with Andrew Boddy. Um, you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be here at Alcorn. You know, um, will Aaron Allen come back? You know, he posted on social media a few days ago. His shoulder recovery is going well. You know, he, he should be ready to go. Fred McNair said a quarterback is definitely something that they're looking at. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen there with Coach Dooley at Southern University. Is 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 McRae the guy going forward? There's some uncertainty there. Uh, new head coach at UAPB. Uh, so it's it's Grambling. You know, we're going to see how that's going to go. How that you know is Calvez the quarterback there at Grambling? So like you said, there's a lot more uncertainty in the West than there is the East. I think the East is a little bit more stable at the top, but in the West, you have no idea other than maybe Texas Southern. What's going to happen? And Prairie View, 
you have no idea of what's going to happen. And even at Parade View, they've had some players transfer out. So I think the West is very unsettled. The West is, I mean, the East is a little bit more stable, but way too early predictions. It's a head scratcher already, and we haven't even gotten into it yet. Yeah. Well, it, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm looking in the uh, chat room. Uh, let's pick a question. Carlos Brown, what's the latest on UAPB? But then Cookman and Valley head coach searches. We'll we'll address that quickly, and then we'll get to our first uh, timeout. I, you know, you, you hear different things um, with Bethune Cookman. Most of the questions I've gotten because Sam Washington was was let go at North Carolina A and T. Will they take a look at him? Chennis Berry, according to FootballScoop.com, is one of the finalists for the UAPB job. And uh, Chennis Berry, I, I know him personally, would not be a, uh, a a bad hire at all. Sam Washington, connection with Mississippi Valley State. That's going to be a tough situation, as always, because of the resources. But uh, I don't know. They may want to go with the, uh, another established coach, or they may want to go give a uh, – a young coach, an opportunity. That's that word again, an opportunity to uh, come into a, a, a tough situation. But 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 that's the latest. But Chinnis Berry, I could see at Bethune Cookman or UAPB. I could see Sam Washington. But you know, since he's just gotten let go, I guess his agent will make some uh, you know contacts, and particularly with Bethune Cookman, because I think UAPB is already late in the search. And we could get an announcement uh, this weekend or Monday. So, you know, that's that's the latest. Um, take a quick time out when I come back. Scheduled to join um, with Kamari uh, Darrington here on the Carlos Brown Show. So stay tuned. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Now joined by Kamari Darrington. It's been a while since I've had him on. At least I haven't had him on since I made the transition to the Black College Sports Network. Uh, but this young man, uh, a broadcaster now, ESPN, I've seen him on ESPN+. Plus. I'll let him tell you about all of that good Good morning, uh, Kamari. Welcome to the Carlos Brown Show again. Oh, thank you. It's been a while since I've gotten to be on the show. Uh, uh, a lot of things have changed since the last time. I was just a sports writer before, uh, uh, before uh, just covering Alabama State football but uh, and Tuskegee football as well. But now, uh, yes, I've been on uh, ESPN Plus doing the SIEC, and uh, now I'm uh, doing games for Troy University and, um, you know, still – uh, covered Alabama State uh, for football radio as an analyst. So uh, doing a lot of different things now. So uh, kind of a jack of all trades, if you will. <laughs> well, you know, that uh, uh, congratulations because you're right. I, I, I was trying to think what you were talking about. Yeah, the writer, but now uh, now, yeah. the, now the total package. Talk, talk about that. And, 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 of course, Charles is a broadcaster as well for many, uh, many years. Just talk about the excitement and – um the opportunity that you had to do all of this talk about that well uh, i wanted to be a sports broadcaster since i was about nine years old so sports writing was kind of like a, a medium to to kind of get started into sports media and then uh, i saw a flyer for a youth baseball tournament in enterprise to do a be a play-by-play -play broadcaster for a dixie youth baseball and so that was my first uh first assignment and as as things got moving along, I started working with the Southern States Athletic Conference in the 
in the in the NAIA, and uh, that was really the first time I had gotten to do uh, something for a long period of time. I, you know, I still do their volleyball tournament now to this day, but uh, it's really been an amazing journey because you know, at one point I didn't know if it was going to be possible, and now mm -hmm. every time I put on a headset, <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I'm living out a dream that I've had since I was about nine years old. So it's really it's really cool to to put on the headset. I just finished my 400th broadcast on Sun uh, this past Sunday, um, so you know I've wow. got to do uh, all kinds of things: women's basketball, track and field. You know, I just try to do a little bit of everything because there's so many uh, so many places where I could be, and uh, just to be able to 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 do that has just been remarkable. And I still, I know I still have more to go, but it's still, you know, still exciting to me every time I put on the headset because you really don't know what's going to happen. You know, that was kind of, that's kind of the, the appeal. You don't know, you know, you have an idea of how games are going to go, but once the games get started, it just, you know, it's, you, you're just flowing with it. And uh, it, it's really, uh, it's really exciting for me. Um, it, it's something that is, it doesn't even feel like a job to me. It feels like I'm having fun. And, and that's the most important thing when you're a broadcast, because I'm a fan. Uh, I'm, I'm much, as much of a, a fan as I am being a broadcaster. And I, and I think that, you know, this is the coolest job to have uh, as a sports fan is, is to be a broadcaster. And so my, my journey has taken me through several different places. But, uh, you know, here I am now, um, you know, um, having to, giving to do games on ESPN Plus, which, you know, goodness gracious. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, you had to pinch yourself. Yeah, you know, you kind of have to catch yourself a little bit because you see those ESPN graphics and your name is over them. And it's, it's, it's uh, you know, whether it's ESPN Plus or ESPN Linear, it's still a, it's still an amazing, uh, still amazing thing. But I've done um, I've done several different things. Uh, of course, uh, I work with Jock um, Jock Sports as well, uh, during especially during softball and baseball season. Uh, they do a lot of different things with the, with the SWAC and um, the SIAC. They they're uh, they're, they cover their uh, football as well. So uh, just uh, just a lot of people have put a flyer on someone that, you know, doesn't have a degree in this and just getting, you know, just, just wanting to do it and then uh, getting the opportunity to, to, to kind of perfect my craft. So I give uh, Jock Jive Sports, the Southern States Athletic Conference, and all those guys a lot of credit for for, for taking a chance on someone and, and, and giving them the opportunity to, you know, get better and uh, continue to broadcast. Charles, I'm sure you can relate to Kamari. Uh, I, I, you know, you've been doing it quite a while. Um, how, how could you relate to, to to what he's saying? Do you remember your first <laughs> time uh, broadcasting? Well, I, I can I can tell you how I got started. How I wanted to mm -hmm. get involved in this business. My cousins, I had two cousins. I have two cousins that were athletes. One played football mm -hmm. at Notre Dame. One played football at Oklahoma. And I remember when they were playing pee wee football. And I'm from St. Louis, mm -hmm. and so St. Louis is you know kind of the broadcast sports mega capital with sports radio at the time, KMOX radio. I interned there as a college student. So I, I wanted to be, I knew at a young age that this is what I wanted to do. And I remember taking a tape recorder to my net, to my, um, to my cousin's uh, Pee Wee football game, sitting in the rain, calling a game just on, on a tape recorder. And so I knew then that's what I wanted to do and just kind of just taking it from there and just being involved in broadcasting. And, you know, what, what he said is absolutely right. I mean, you, you pitch yourself 
it, it's, it, it does feel like, and I hate to say it, but I, it does feel like you're not working. You know, it, it, it's a profession that, that, that you love. I've done it for free and I'm blessed to be able to do it for a couple of coins. But you, you know, Kamara will probably do it for nothing. If it, if it means getting your voice out, if it means getting your work out, because doing it for nothing means that you have the passion to do it for nothing. And then you work just as hard when you get paid to do this stuff. So I can totally relate to to what he's going through in a lot of different platforms. I've, we've talked before when he covered yeah. Alabama State. You know, I remember him covering Alabama State during those interesting mm -hmm. times. Uh, so, yes. you know, congratulations <laughs> on, on, on what you're doing. And uh, keep, keep up the good work, man. You're doing a lot of different things for a lot of different sports and a lot of different platforms. That always helps a whole lot. And, of course, you're on the ESPN family of, of platforms and networks. That That's never a bad thing either. Right. Man, well, it's it, it just. Yeah, I've always, no, yeah, I always joke with people, you know, like he was saying about doing it for little coins. I always joke with people when I, when I start working with us. I said, listen, if you just give me a meal at halftime. I'll take that. <laughs> just give me a meal. You know, I don't mind getting the check now, but, you know. Yeah. It, oh, no, I understand. That's not the most important thing to me. The most important thing to me is, is, is putting that headset on and, and um, you know, it's uh, it's been a long been a long time coming, but I've been doing this uh, now six about be seven years now, and wow. it still you know still feels like the very first time. Uh, still feels like the first time getting on the air. Not as nervous as I used to be, but you know, now <laughs> I'm ready to go now. But uh, but you know veteran now. But it's, but it's you know you know and you speak. I've been kind of doing this uh, traditional radio. And, and the funny thing was uh, where I was working full time, uh, it, it was a guy there that did a, um, a local show in Baton Rouge. And uh, he was like, man, I need somebody to talk about Southern. And so we worked in a restaurant and we were in, in the bar section. No, I, I, I wasn't partaking of anything. And um, <laughs> I said, I, I say, I'll do it. And and actually. That's how I, I got my got my start. So I did a thirty minute segment within his show. Then it led to to something else with the the late great Greg Rochelle in Baton Rouge. Charles, you you, you remember him? Um, started the Jaguar Journal, and uh, it was a local spot twice a day, Monday through Friday. Then it transitioned to a, a regular sports talk show. And I got a chance to work with him. And and literally, I came to him and said, Charles, I'll do it for free. And that's actually what I did it for, for free. And then tragically, he passed away. And it was all on me and transitioned through that. Then other local shows and traditional radio. Then coming over to the Black College Sports Network. Now video streaming. So I said all of that, this, all of that to say this. There has been transitions, you know, from traditional terrestrial radio, now video streaming, social media is a part of uh, these broadcasts. So I, I guess you have to learn to uh, adapt, uh, Kamari and, and Charles, to, to, to stay in the business. Me and Charles are, as Charles would say, dinosaurs. Kamari, you're not in that category. You know, up, up and coming and, and, and there. I'm getting uh, there, but uh, not quite there yet. <laughs> right, right. 
I, I, right. I so have white. I don't have a a beard yet. So. Uh, well, well, you know, Charles has one. If you notice, I've started growing mine's back, but I get bored quickly. Um, I'll I'll shave it, shave it all off, and go with the the, the baby look. But uh, it's interesting that all of this has happened, and, and and you see a lot of younger people getting into the business. So you you kind of feel appreciative that you've had longevity, not, not talking about you, Kamari, but me and Charles, the longevity and, and some others, but to, to, to see uh, people constantly get into the business. And, and my pleasure is going to be, uh, before I call it quits, to get to work with some of the uh, new people coming coming aboard and, and, and getting that, that relationship. Uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think there's any question about it. I think there's a there's a there's a market for it. I think before, you know, there weren't many of us to look at in broadcasting. You know, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. the the one the, the most famous one was Charlie Neal, and he was really the only one point. that was on TV. Uh, you know, so you know to, to see that someone can not just be on the field or in the on the other side that can be a play by play guy that can host a show that can you know do many different things can be a radio host i think you know they say representation matters and, and for me uh you know growing up you know you didn't have a lot of you didn't have a lot of that but it was still something that i wanted to do because there were voices that i listened to other than charlie neal and said man this is just kind of a, this seems like something that would be cool and something that i could do and i wasn't very athletic anyway so <laughs> i always tell people I'm, all, I'm in the seat that i need to be in i don't need to be on the court right 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 no question about that but um but but now i, I see you know um young lady, well, people like tiffany green and you see chris lewis and you see you know the, the guys that work with bcsn and uh, you know just uh different guys uh jamie walker and you know all the all the guys that now you got to see more of us uh, taking that play by play role. So I think it's great. It's great to be a part of that, and also hopefully that that you see other guys that that are coming up that they want to do this as well. They'll see, hey, you know, Kamari's doing this. You know, how do I, you know, how do I get into it? You know, and so it's always important, I think, to keep keep things going. And I think I think it's it's good to see uh, people from all different walks of life getting an opportunity because. This is a this is a business that you know it, it can be cutthroat at times, but I think at the same time you know every I think for the most part you know you you try to help people along. You want you want to see people succeed because we can all get be a part of of this business. I think that's the I think that's the best thing about it is that you you seem to you find people here that that want you to be a part of it. And uh, you know I've, I've done I've done I've done the radio. I've done uh, I've done newspaper work and I've I've done TV work now and. You know, just it seems like everyone wants you to be a part of it, and that's how I feel. I want people to be a part of this thing as well. So, right. you know, if anyone asks me uh, any advice, I you know I, I I give them as much as I can. Uh, you know, maybe better to talk to somebody else, but but I try to give them as much advice as I can because you know I, I have people that had to stick their neck out for, to give me the opportunity. So you know, um, opportunity. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, opportunity that, that that's a key key word because Charles, we talked about like some of the young uh coaches looking for an opportunity to become head coaches. We look at TC Taylor at Jackson State. I, I'm so happy for him. Now, with that being said, 
everybody knows how I feel with the rivalry with Southern Jackson State. So I'm going to wish him yeah. everything possible. And, and, and I believe he's going to have an outstanding um, career at, at, at Jackson State. Speaking of that, uh, Kamari, uh, the Celebration Bowl coming up in, in, yes. in, in about 35, 35 minutes. Um, your, your thoughts on, on the Celebration Bowl? What does it mean? And then uh, we'll get a prediction out of you if, if, if you care to do so. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to make a prediction. Probably won't be right, but uh, but I'll do that in a second. You know, I, I think this well, don't is, worry I about think that. Is, <laughs> yeah, I think this is a great game. I really do. I think it, it's a, a great showcase for both the SWAC and the MEAC. Um, and don't let the MEAC fool you. Even though they only have six teams, they're six really good programs. They've had success. Program. Yeah, they've had a lot of success in this game. And, and for Jackson State, I think it's a um, it's interesting because. You would think that the, the whole Deion Sanders stuff would be a distraction. I'm not sure if that's the case, even because because you know, he's been in Colorado for a couple of weeks now. So it's not like he's springing on them, you know, this week. You know, I think it would have been a little bit different if you know if it, if he had sprung it on this week. I think it's been as you know, and the rumors have been going on for a while, and it has not affected them yet. So I don't think that will be the issue. I think the thing is, you know, kind of like last year against South Carolina State. I think they took South Carolina State lightly. Number one, because they dominated the SWAT. Number two, because of the six and five record that South Carolina State had. Well, North Carolina Central, you know, they they, they come they're coming in pretty hot. Uh, so and they're gonna and they're gonna feel kind of disrespected because everybody's gonna be talking about Jackson State. So you know, Jackson mm -hmm. State, if they're not if they're not ready to play, they're gonna get beat like they did last year. And, and South Carolina State really took it to them. But uh, you know Jackson State, you know I, I, you know obviously I did their game with Alabama State, and you know Alabama State has a twenty-six thousand seat stadium. There were thirty thousand people there, and probably another fifty thousand outside the stadium. So obviously, you know Deion Sanders raised the profile of Jackson State, and um, you know and and it, but listen, Swag's been around for a hundred years. I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know now that, that he's moving on, and, and you know, oh yeah, Swag has great, great personalities even without Deion and. You know, but, uh, you know, just for the game itself, I think the key for Jackson State, I think, that they, they like to play ahead. And, you know, they get ahead yeah. early on. They seem to play better that way. We haven't really seen they because they haven't had to play a four-quarter game. Really, the closest game probably was the Alabama State game. I mean, just, just as far as playing a four-quarter game. And then the Tennessee State gave them a pretty good run as well. So I think today, I think they want to kind of – send a message that you know they're they're the kind of, they're 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 gonna be uh jackson state for a while and listen we don't know how tc taylor's gonna do i think he will do a great job i think this is a this is a it's interesting hire but i think it's, it's one that's gonna be successful i don't know if they're gonna and, and depending on how he recruits um you know they they may um they may still have a um a chance to dominate the, the swag because you know there's some teams in the swag that are getting better but I think for today, I'm gonna go ahead and pick Jackson State. I think to close it out, but it's gonna be a but it's gonna be tough. They're, they're gonna have to really play well. I mean, North Carolina Central uh, with um, Davis Richards is an outstanding quarterback. Uh, he's gonna make mm -hmm. plays all game. I think uh, there'll be opportunities for North Carolina Central to make plays against that secondary. As good as that secondary is, you are you are you can't get big plays off of them. And so I, I think today. 
this is gonna be this is gonna be a four quarter game. I, I'll, I'll take Jackson State, maybe something like thirty one to twenty eight or thirty one to twenty four, something like, something like that. This is not gonna wow, be yeah, be close. The other, yeah, I, I, this is gonna be close. This is gonna be this is gonna be a down the North Carolina Central beat Alcorn State, um, you know, in the MEXY Challenge. So uh, a couple of years ago. So you know, do not uh, do not underestimate North Carolina Central. This is a really good program. They've been good for a very long time. And uh, this year they they really played well. Uh, got got a couple of big wins this year. So um, you know it's going to be a good game. I can't wait to watch it. I, I think it's going to be this is going to be gonna come down to the wire, and it's going to be a good game. Well, some interesting points there, uh, boy. The physicality of North Carolina Central. Yeah. Um, feeling yeah, that, that was underdog. Probably yeah, exactly. and, and feeling that and feeling that underdog role. I think you said you know be, feeling being disrespected. Um, I, I agree. Also, I don't think all of the uh, things going on with Forrest Coach Sanders in his last game, all the distractions that that could be mm-hmm. there, I, I don't think that I don't think that will be that will will matter. Uh, another point that you made: Jackson State has played ahead basically 80, 90 percent of the whole season. And um, if if they don't turn the ball over, it, it, it kind of reminds me of a basketball game. I always use this example: the Lakers want to play up tempo, fast, fast break style. The Celtics wanted to play, make it a half court. North Carolina Central mm-hmm. wants to make it a half court uh, game. It's going to be very interesting. Kamari, appreciate the time in, in closing. Um, if you want to make some comments, uh, how people can follow you on social media, all of that, and then what, what you have coming up um, in, in, in the future as far as maybe next football season or are you going to be doing some uh, other sports-related uh, broadcasts? Well, uh, for social media, you can follow me uh, at Kamari D. That's my first name and my first initial, my last name. And then, of course, uh, I'm still going to be I'm going to be doing a, I do Troy men's basketball on radio and uh, Troy women's basketball for ESPN Plus. So uh, the, the next game is uh, men's basketball against Mercer on the 21st. Uh, this coming Wednesday. As far as uh, next football season, I plan to be either doing Alabama State football radio or also doing uh, doing SIAC. I've been covering the SIAC now. This was my fourth year doing games. I plan on doing a few more games next year uh, with the SIAC, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll be that'll be good. And I'm, uh, I, I really enjoy uh, HBCU football has has meant a lot to me. Has has, has given me a lot. Uh, it's been a, a great education because I did not go to an HBCU. So uh, every time I go to an HBCU campus, I try to find out a little bit more about the school that I'm at or the schools that I'm covering as well because I think it's a great education for me. And uh, with two daughters coming up, <laughs> two daughters that are kind of young right now, you know, it, it'll be nice to, to tell them about, you know, the experiences I've had at HBCU, um, HBCU games. And uh, I don't think, uh, you know, my first experience, and I always call HBCU games an experience. I, they're not regular games to me. I mean, I've done, I've done Alabama football. I've covered Alabama football. I've covered Auburn football. But going to Max City Classic is completely different, even than the Iron Bowl. You know, just the, the culture, completely the culture is just completely right. different. Uh, and and, yeah. I, and I've, I've done I've covered six or seven Manchester City Classics. And uh, that was my first HBCU football game. So imagine your first HBCU football game is the Magic City Classic. And you've got 
150,000 people that look like you in one spot. Uh, just it's just an amazing thing. But um, but yeah, just uh, right now uh, waiting on a, waiting on a lot of different things. So foot, um, I know baseball season, the uh, baseball and softball season will be here before you know it. Uh, especially the JUCO ranks. So uh, looking forward to that as well. So I'm still trying to trying to stay as busy as possible, and uh, you know still uh, uh but uh, still uh, you know maintaining that 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 passion for for this because um you know it, it's it's something I really enjoy doing. Well, on that note, uh, continued success. You won't be a stranger. I'll be reaching out to you uh, during right. the football season. And again, I like networking, and uh, you know, yes, uh, give give kudos to to, to Roy. Um, here on the Black College Sports Network, still standing strong. Yeah. And by the way, uh, go on um, the different social media platforms, Black College Sports Network. Uh, they have a, a, a tremendous opportunity and fundraiser going on right now. You right. can uh, go on my page, the Carlos Brown Show. You can see all the information and, and, and participate uh, if you can, because no one can tell the story better right. than us. And you get my right, drift exactly. on that. Have a great yes, weekend, sir. Kamari. We'll have you back on real soon. Appreciate uh, the time. Sam, you go. Uh, take care. All <laughs> Thank right. You. Take care as well. That was Kamari Darrington here on the Carlos Brown Show. Going to take a quick time out. When I come back, schedule to have another guest, Coach Van Petaway. We're going to get into some uh, basketball. And by the way, did you see? Did you see Coach Mo Williams, his plea about the non-conference game? We're going to get into that. Charles, watch out. You're going to take the other side. We will have this debate again, I guess. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slow Burn. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place a space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, 
but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. culture that is hbcu <laughs> culture oh my coach Pedaway and charles i'm glad I, I took my medicine this morning oh you gotta love it welcome back to this week's edition of the carlos brown show right here on the black college sports network now joined by coach van Pedaway. i just simply call him uh, the basketball analyst here for the carlos brown show Coach, good morning. Appreciate you uh, the time and coming on, on the show again. Hey, uh, good morning. Uh, I'm I'm doing great, and uh, it's nice to see you guys. Haven't seen Charles in a while, so uh, that it, it's great, man. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> with with that being said, um, we're gonna roll a, a footage of Coach Mo Williams, and uh, we're I, I'm interested to see and hear uh, both persons other than me on the panel uh your perspective on what uh coach williams is going to say uh we've had this discussion before but uh, time and time again we'll have to bring it up because it it it, it kind of lets you know how some things in the conference we have to continue continuously do a a better job and, and evolve so here's um some footage, Roy, of Mo Williams after I think the Jackson State Mississippi State game, and he's a, a expressing his uh, feelings on 
uh, the subject of playing uh, on the road a lot in, in a non-conference game. So, Roy, whenever you can put that up, uh, we'll uh, we'll watch that. But uh, uh, until really quick, time, really quick, Carlos. Okay, just to make yes, sure. Go ahead. This is his post-game comments that you sent me. Yeah, post-game okay. comments. Give me a minute. Okay, give me a minute. Ross, Ross that gives him a minute. But uh, uh, Coach Petaway, he yes. basically was saying that, um, hey, the non-conference games, they've, they've been on the road for, oh, man, what, 14 days, give or take. Uh, he goes on to talk about, you know, the conference. Now, he says the conference should help in doing this, but I think specifically it goes back to the ADs. You've been in that situation. Then he brings up uh, a cost of attendance. We've talked about that before. I know Coach Banks at Southern is trying to uh, do that instead of, you know, uh, I guess the NIL, but the cost of attendance. Talk, talk about that. You've been in that position as a coach at Alabama and NIM. And um, explain again. Give your perspective on why you agree with Mo Williams. Hold on, Coach. Well, Clip is ready. Hold on. Okay. Okay. The clip is ready. Okay. You know, so traveling like that, when you leave November 22nd and, you know, you get back today, which is December 14th and only been in Jackson for four days, I mean, that's tough. You know, these guys still go to school. These, still got, these guys still have finals. You know, they're still doing their schoolwork on the road. That's extremely tough, you know, on, on a group of college kids that's 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. So I challenge our, our league to do something different. You know, we need to raise some money some other way. Instead of going out there just playing, you know, 14, 15 games on the road for no reason. And I understand the reason. We got to make the money to, you know, fund, um, you know, get these guys cost of attendance like, you know, their counterparts that they played tonight. I'm sure they're getting good cost of attendance. So we want to be in a, in, a, um, in a space where we offer these guys the same same thing that other guys get. And the only way I can go get it is to go play games, you know. Um, you know, on the road. You know, I hope it changes in the near future. I think that'll make us better. But we take this as, uh, you know, a non-excuse. I'm just speaking reality. But well said. Well said. All right, now let me let me mm -hmm. tell you. I, I've always said, even when I was in the SWAC, I was against playing all of the non-conference games as guarantee games. I I, I don't think it's right to the kids and we can even go back further than that remember my mm -hmm. mentor coach joe you know he, he's the one that sensationalized it by saying that we're prostituting our kids you know that's a quote now from coach joe he did not believe that the school that the basketball team should have to go out and raise money for the entire athletic department or the university in other words yeah it's good to to uh have a well-rounded schedule but don't load up on all guarantee games because you're not doing your players any justice. And Mo hit it. He hit every point. Number one, just think about the time away from school, the classroom. E even though now mm. things are a little better because you can take a computer and be plugged in, but it's nothing like that one-on-one -on -one with your instructor being live or, or being in person, rather. Now, the other thing that he was talking about, you're – when you play these guarantee games at most places, you're not getting the money back. In other words, the athletic department or the basketball program, they're not getting that money. That money is going mm. either to the general fund or in some cases 
the, the programs that are excelling in the SWAC right now, they're using some of that money, but they're giving some, a portion of that money back to the program. Now, he brought up the cost of attendance. I've always said that if I could benefit my program, I will play a game or two like that. You, for the, every school in the SWAC should be giving out cost of attendance because they're bringing that money in. They, they have money that's not in their budget that they're bringing into the university. So I think that they should give cost of attendance to these athletes. And I know when I was on the search committee this past spring for Alabama A&M, the new president, that's one of the things that he wants to do. Hmm. He wants to give cost of attendance and he wants the coach to raise his money for cost of attendance. I don't think you have a coach in the country that would want to do that to help his own program. Now, I've always said that I was not in favor of playing all these guaranteed games on the road. Now, it came close to the home when we had Coach Sanders to make his debut in the SWAC. That's one of the things that he talked about. Mm -hmm. Why are mm -hmm. we doing these kids like this? Why are we playing these guaranteed games? So if he doesn't want to see it in football, there got to be basketball coaches in this league that don't want to see it. You don't want 14 mm -hmm. or 15 games on the road uh, your, your team on the road, even though now this year we've had we've a had lot some. of success with, 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 with the game guarantees and playing on the road. I, I mean, I, I've got a whole host of we've beaten the American Conference. We've beaten, we've won a game in the A Sun. We've won in the Ivory League. We've won in the SEC. We've won in, in the Pac 12. So you're not going to get that every year. This, 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 is, this is a rare occasion. What men's basketball has done this year in the SWAC. But in terms of these kids, I think it's demoralizing to them for them to have to play 14 or 15 games against uh, the top, let's say the top 10 or, or top 20, 25. That's two months. Play more regional games. I think this year we will look better in terms of uh, our RPI because of the non-conference wins that we've had so far. And some of those games that we've won, they're not guarantee games. They're just home and home series that these coaches have gone out and, and gotten. Mm -hmm. So I think Coach Williams is, you know, he's pointing on. We should not have to sacrifice your season, your non-conference season, just to, to chase the almighty dollar because the dollar's not coming back to your program anyway. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, if if – it would be different if you were getting what was a good figure, a hundred percent, which I don't think it will be going back no, into the program. Seventy-five percent. I'm gonna be honest. I I will go. I will go forty or fifty percent. I will go forty or fifty percent of, of the wow. game guarantees should go back to the program. Now you can fund your. You can get the things that you need. You would have the money. You would have the money for recruiting. You would have the money for. Uh, your, your cost of attendance. You can do things around on your campus to help your facility. Even though right now Alabama A&M doesn't have that problem. You know, with the new event center, the, the, the facilities, the facilities there, but they still need recruiting money. You yeah. still need cost of attendance, attendance money. So yes, I think if all presidents got together and back when Coach Joe them were, were in there, uh, in the conference, his first time around, there was a moratorium that you couldn't play but two 
guarantee games. And, mm -hmm. and their RPI went up because they were playing more regional games. They were playing more Division One opponents that were on the same level. And then if we get back to that, if we can uh, come up with a model like that, and I, and I think commission, the commissioner has mentioned that regional play would be more important to the conference. So if we can get to that, but the presidents have to buy in. See, they see a cash cow in these guarantee games. So they're going after the money. And I don't think that's fair. That's not fair to the athletes or the coaches. And, and that point is, is, is very valid. But then we've talked about it before. And, and Charles, you can jump in on this part. Um, if I put myself in the fan role, I am a fan. I am alum of Southern University. I'm not excited about, and I understand why they do it. I don't like it. But if you're 2 and 10, 1 and 13, and then they're on the road so long, this is my first time. Well, I can see them on television, but in person. What incentive is that to get me excited about that that model that they're using, Charles? It, it, you know, and, and, and Charles, I know you've said in the past, that coaches are only going to be judged as far as from their peers or their uh, higher-ups on what they do in, in, in conference play. But, but I think you should, you should subscribe to be better, not only in the conference, but non-conference. But what, what, what incentive does it give me to come out to see a, a team that is, is, is 2 and 12? I, I know the card will be well if you're a supporter, you're an alum, you should support the team no matter what. But boy, I, I'm I'm not excited, Charles, at all coming into the, to the conference season. And then I've only seen the team maybe once in person. Yeah, it is hard to it's hard to get excited about it. You are you are correct about that. Um, as far as the funding mechanism is concerned. You know, I think that that's probably, and I hate to say it, but, you know, at all corners in this boat, you know, we're not going to, ha we haven't had a home game yet. And we won't have a home game until January 2nd. We're playing out in Seattle tomorrow. Uh, we go to Dayton from there, and then we go to Minnesota mm -hmm. from there. Wow. And we come home. Uh, there are a number of teams that, that have not had a home game to this point. Oh, I, you know, I know. Our, our, our women's coach, Nate Kilbert, has said he is not going to, if, if he has anything to do with it, he's not going to have that type of schedule because we talked about it just the other day, that he's going to get mm -hmm. some of those smaller teams to come just to get the taste of a victory because it right. is demoralizing. You know, and, and, and even though when you're playing these teams, when you're playing the Tougaloos and the Arkansas Baptists, I mean, you, you've seen some of these games in which we played, uh, you know, the Southeastern Baptists and the other schools. You know, I think coaches now are at a point, even though they've got to bring in a certain amount through guarantees, the coaches are saying, you know what, I get that. But then if I'm 0-13 going into conference, that is that, you know, you've kind of halfway lost your team at that point. So you want to taste of victory. Yes. You want to feel like what it what it what it you want to get a taste of what it is to win a game or two or three. You know, our men's team beat Wichita, our men's team beat Stephen F. Those are very winnable games, even though they're on the road. You could probably get a home and home with Stephen F. Uh, Wichita State probably not because they have the money to pay you. Um, I think Mo Williams' point is is valid, 
Um, yeah. I, I would say, and I don't know what the funding mechanism is at Jackson State, but because of what has happened the last couple of years in football, and of course, the football program funds the entire athletic department, I would hope that they made enough money to where they don't have to play quite as many of those games because some of the spillover from football in terms of the money that they made, they, they hosted two SWAC championship games. They got, you know, that's a million, they're going to get a million dollars celebration bowl today. They're gonna, they got a million last year. So they're bringing in money. And so you would hope that some of that money trickles down to the basketball program where they don't have to play as many of those games instead of playing and I know there's a figure out there in which you got to bring in a certain amount. If you don't have to bring in that much, that means you don't have to play the Dukes and the North Carolinas and the Indianas of the world. You can play the Stephen F's. You can play the Sam Houston States. You can play the home and homes. You would hope that that's the case. We don't know the inside funding mechanisms of that. But if it's not happening, and then you're talking about cost of attendance, and then you have to talk about scholarships too. I mean, Coach Petaway talked about what programs – um, get all that money, I believe, and this could be confirmed or denied. I think Texas Southern, um, for, all, for as tough as the schedules they play, I think they get all of the guaranteed money that they bring in for basketball to fund Johnny Jones's salary. He's got six coaches on the sideline, you know, the renovations as far as the basketball offices. I think they keep a lot of that guaranteed money that they bring in. Might be wrong about that, but that's the latest I've heard here recently that 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 might change a little bit i don't know but i i do know a while back that was the case so until that happens and until we start making more money in terms of athletics and football and sponsorships where you don't have to bring in as much because you have enough in the kitty to be able to take care of those other things i don't see that changing i i do think there's going to be a lot of games on the road you're not going to turn down a hundred thousand dollar payday if you're playing indiana if Indiana calls you right now and say, I'll pay you 125, you're going to take that. You're going to, and your AD is going to make you take it, whether you want to or not. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. You're going to lose by whatever. But when you're getting that check and you get five or six of those and you bring in $700,000 in guarantee games, yeah, you're 1 in 11, but yeah, you just brought in $700,000. And unfortunately, and I, I know you shake your head, Carlos. This is just the brutal reality of where we are. 99% of our schools in our league are doing the same thing. You know, it's it's a tough cookie, as as the late Coach Whitney used to say, that's a, that's a tough cookie. But it's just an unfortunate reality. And until we start making more money with football that trickles down to the other sports, then you don't have to play as much as many of those games. But then you add the cost of attendance into it as well. That's a whole nother payment. That's a whole nother love sum of money that adds to the pressure of trying to make more money. So I, I, I do think that with all of that, I think it's going to be tough to get away from that. Coach is going to push back on it a little bit, but I do think at the end of the day, if you want the funding the way you want it, the scholarships, the improvements with your arena and your program, more equipment, more tools, it's got to come from somewhere. And unfortunately, we haven't gotten there yet. So that's why we're still stuck in this same conversation that we've had for the last 25 years. Uh, it's probably going to continue uh, until we make bukus and bukus of more money than what we're making right now. It's a start with football, but we're still a long ways from that. Hey, Carlos, can I say something? Hey, Go ahead. 
Yeah, Roy, but that's that's a sad I, I that's a sad scenario. Yeah, and I'm gonna wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And I and I'm sorry. I just I had to jump in and and Charles, you know, I love I love you like my big brother, my tall brother. But that's that's an excuse that our administrations and our yep. athletic administrations and our and our university administrations have to get away from. They can right. no longer continue to force. Like I said, I think coach, and I'm, I need you to tell me again who get that quote. We'll get that offline because that is the exact word that I use. That we are prostituting our athletes to get these things. That is their job. Your job as an athletic administrator is to find other ways to raise money and to get engaged in the process, not to send student athletes out there to get embarrassed and to to get demoralized multiple games out of there because they're bringing in $100,000 per game. We have got to get more creative. And the biggest thing that we need to do is we need to start working together. And when I say we, I mean all of the HBCU conferences. Because let me let me show you a quick way to do this. I was literally sitting here while y'all doing the show. I'm talking to a coach here at Miles, and we were talking about this mm-hmm. situation. The, uh, and this is something that we're going to start pushing as the network with some of the programs and the schools that we're tied in with. I guarantee you right now that you said, Charles, and I'm going to use the number that you used, Charles. You said 700000 for the whole season, for the whole year. That I guess that's multiple games that they're doing. I guarantee you. We can put together an eight-team tournament in basketball. We can do two of them, actually, one for Division One, one for Division Two. Take that game down to Miami, Florida, where they only have Florida Board and you don't get any other ones. Or you can even move it 60 miles up the street to Palm Beach County, where you have over 10,000 HBCU alumni in that immediate area. And you can do a tournament over two or three days that can get that kind of money. And guess what I'm talking about? I'm not even talking about from the ticket sales. I'm talking about from the corporate sponsors that are going to pop up because they want to be a part of that experience. And then from there, all you have to do is move that around in different parts of the country, in different parts. Think of how many people in South Florida would love to see Southern, would love to see Jackson State basketball. Would, and, you, and the worst part, you can do it with all of the Olympic sports. It doesn't just have to be that. You can do it with baseball, softball, basketball. You can do it with all of those sports. We have HBCU alumni all across this country who can move the meter, and not even just alumni, supporters, who can move that corporate money meter, and they will bring it in. And I guarantee you that by the time you got that, you can get – you can raise five to six million dollars at each in each city to make those kind of events happen with no problem. And we can stop putting our kids in situations where they're going out here getting embarrassed to play in football where their bodies are getting beat up because they can't they 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 don't have the size to compete with these other kids. And we can come Resources. in right. And we can come in and we have to and when I'm, I'm again I'm gonna say we because we the HBCU alumni have to get more engaged and more involved. And I, I hate to do a little commercial, but in 2023, you can be guaranteed that the Black College Sports Network is going to be leading that charge. And, Charles, we're dragging you along with us. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> amen. I'm, 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 I love it. Amen. Let the church I'm, say I'm, amen. I'm with you on that. I absolutely agree. I, I'm, we're just talking about what the dynamic is right now. That's the dynamic right now. Not to say it cannot change. I got you. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> The question was right. raised: How? What is? 
how does this look right now and why we're in this situation, why we're doing what we're doing. And I'm just explaining it based on, because I'm on the inside looking in. I can tell you what's going on. We have a new athletic director and, and, and uh, Raynoy Dido, and hopefully it, it will change. But I, I highly doubt it right now. Down the road, maybe, but we're just looking at right here and right now, and you see the schedules going forward. It could change, yes, but there's going to have to be some eye-opening moments, just like you talked about, Roy, with the tournament down there in Miami. You, you got to see that. Coaches got to see it. ADs have to see it. You know, CFOs, business managers have to see it. If they right. see it and feel it and believe it, they'll jump on it. But right now, the only thing, the only sure thing that you got going right now is playing Mississippi State, playing Seattle, playing Dayton and getting that seventy-five dollars to $100,000 paycheck and playing seven or eight of those and getting a half a million dollars. You know that's a sure thing. And until we, until it's proven that in Miami or Atlanta or other venues, just like in HBCU baseball and some of the tournaments that you have going on there, that's going to be in 2023. Until you see it and feel it and see that paycheck, I hate to say it because I'm on board with you, Roy, and Carlos and, and, and Coach Petaway, but just we haven't gotten to that point yet. It hasn't been proven yet. And until it is, I do think we'll lean that way. But right now, it's not going that way. It's going the other way. And it's going to continue to uh, to go that way. And I will say this, though. The previous commissioner, you know, he talked about this model, this, this 9-7-5 model in which you don't have to play as many of those games. You play nine one year. You play seven the second. You play five the third to minimize all that travel, to minimize, you know, the, the brutality of these type of games. But the only thing about that was you're going to play less of those. That means less revenue. And then you got other tough decisions to make on the other end. So it's a very, it's a very tough situation. And unfortunately, right now, until there's something more concrete out there in which you can see the numbers and see the benefit, you know, in terms of dollars and cents and otherwise, I just think we're just kind of where we are right now. I don't want to see it. I would like to see it better, more regional games, closer games, more home games. But right. then we're just not quite right. there yet. I would love to right. see us get there, and I'm all for it, but we're not there yet. Hey, now, you know, one of the things that, you know, one of the things that I love to see, you know, in, in these contracts for the ADs where they, they talk about them being fundraisers, I wonder huh. how, much, how much are they including – the game guarantees that the teams play. See, an AD's job, in my opinion now, is to go out and raise funds for the for the athletic department. And 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 to me, they shouldn't count guarantee money towards that goal. That, mm. that should not be included in, in, in the... I don't think that should be in the equation. Let that athletic director go out and find other means of bringing money in to the athletic department. You cannot continue to send these kids out and 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 in Coach Job's language, prostitute them. You cannot do that. And he did not believe in it. I didn't believe in it. But I, in my contract, they called for me to bring money into the school. They did at, when in one contract, I didn't even have a dollar amount. Wow. So if I brought in a hundred thousand dollars. I was okay, so that I could do that in two games. But my problem was I still had a struggle getting home games. I couldn't get I couldn't get the teams to come into Elmore. You know, if you don't have the facilities, they're not coming. Now they don't have an excuse that they're Alabama and them. I was one of the coaches. I've told you all this before. I never mm -hmm. had all my complimentary scholarships, but they do now. So see, times are changing. I think with with our current president, 
we are going to see the cost of attendance for the athletes. And this is what you all are really missing. That's a recruiting tool. They're using mm -hmm. that against us. You don't give out yep. cost of attendance. They're giving out cost of attendance and NIL. You're not giving out anything. Some of the schools in the squack are not even allowing these kids to keep their Pell Grant. That's their money. That's not the school's money. That's the kids' money. Now, I will admit this. When I was at Alabama A&M, our kids, if you qualify for, for Pell Grant, you got that money. I used that in recruiting. The other thing that I did, did do, I had, a, uh, I had enough support that I could guarantee you a summer job. You're going to get a summer job because I had people that wanted to support the program. So they, they provided summer jobs. But cost of attendance, I will go out and play two games right now if I knew that I could give cost of attendance to my players. Because you as a coach, you're showing those kids that you care about them. And I would explain it up front. I say, hey, fellas, these two games, we're playing this. We're playing these two games so that you will be able to put your cost of attendance in your pocket. Now, I think that'll help these coaches, man. And, and I was in those locker rooms when, when we got our brains beat out because physically we could not hang with those schools. So, see, that's the part that the fans are not seeing. That's a part that some of the administrators are not seeing. You're not in the locker room with those kids when they got embarrassed out there on the court. And as a coach, you try your best not to get embarrassed. I'm an up-tempo coach, but if I saw what they were getting away from me, I would let that shot clock run out because I'm going to hold the ball. I'm going to shorten the game mm. to keep my kids from getting embarrassed. And I've done that before. But you cannot continue to send our kids out. It's nothing but a slaughter. You can't do that. And I'm against that. Yeah. And I would, hope, I would hope that it has to start from the top. It's got to start with these presidents. They got to get together and say, hey, we don't need to do this. Or let me tell you what the other alternative is. They need to take their butts to Division Two because they cannot compete. They don't have the money. Some of them don't have the facilities. Mm -hmm. They don't want to put the money, put the money into athletics to be Division One. Change, move, or create, mm. or create your own division. Go, go all HBCUs. There's some other options yeah. out there. Then they'll you know, find out if they go all HBCU, they they probably won't get the big paydays. Yeah. And you know, coach, it, it, it seems like the business model that they're using now for basketball is antiquated and they can't continue to do it. You know, right. Charles, you say you see it continuing the same way, but it's like going, say on Interstate. 12 here in Baton Rouge, and there's a blockage at the end. You can continue to go that way or find an alternative route. And I think the business model has to change. And it should have changed years ago. Long time ago. Yep. yep. And, uh, and then, uh, Charles, we've talked about the attendance. Again, that trickles down. You talk about the trickle down effect. Besides what? maybe a, a a few conference games for instance southern when they play grandma state that's their best attended conference game but then you look at the other games it's, it's not good attendance and i think not the the ultimate reason but one of the big reasons is 
You come in a non-conference with a, such a poor record. Like right now, Coach, who has the best record in the Gremlin. conference? On the men's side, is Gremlin. On the women's side, uh, all corners surprise the people. But mm-hmm. but but what you, but what you, what we got to look at if if we want to keep our fans engaged, the model has to change. Just because we've been doing this for all these years, doesn't mean that it's the right way. It's the right thing to do now. Now, if they're gonna learn something now, you know, a lot of people were you know had got this and that to say about what Coach Sanders did for this league. Let me tell you something. Some of the ideas that he talked about, they better listen to them. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's against the guarantee games. He's against uh, taking all these games on the road. He he looked at the business side of it. And and, and his thing was, why would I take, take a class, go to a classic on the road when I'm averaging almost 60,000 people in Jackson for a home game? He Which, to me, translates into you need more home games. So why play all of these games? And if you're not going to give it back to the student athletes who are going out there to perform, then it's shame on you. So it's always mm-hmm. been shame on these administrators who take every dime. You don't reinvest in your own program. Why? You don't have the capital money to help your to to, uh, to upgrade your facilities. Use that money to upgrade the facilities. Use that money to invest, reinvest in your athletes. To me, it's simple. But coaches are afraid to say, a sitting coach, some of them are afraid to talk to their administration about this subject. They fear their jobs. Mm -hmm. I talked about it when I was employed. I'm going to talk about it while I'm unemployed. It's not right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm laughing, but and I had Coach Banks on, and 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 I asked him about that, and he he's agreeing with you. It needs to be done, but he said sadly at this point, Southern cannot use that that model. That's the goal, but hopefully, uh, is that Wheeler? Yes, I I thought I heard Wheeler. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I've been watching you guys for the last. 10, 15 minutes. Okay, well. You all can hear me or not. Oh, there we okay. go. Um, uh-oh, now I think we lost, uh, <laughs> I think we lost Coach Petaway. But let me do this. It's an interesting right. topic that's going on. Oh, okay. Well, no, that, oh, there we go. There we go. Um, let me introduce Wheeler Brown to Coach Van Petaway. Uh, have you guys ever met? I'm not sure. I, I, I know the face. I'm not sure either, Coach. Right. Yeah. How you doing today? How you doing? I'm fine. All right. Willa Brown is uh, AD at Fort Valley State, previously at Jackson State. Willa, this is Coach Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M. And, of course, uh, the okay. famous Charles Edmund there. And uh, we're, we're, we're having a discussion about, oh, boy, basketball. And uh, we, we played uh, – the video with uh, Coach Mo Williams basically saying the conference should do something about playing all of these non-conference guarantee games, and and he needs help, and he talks about cost of living, cost of attendance, and all of that. Now, you're sitting AD. I think you may have something to say, 
say a, 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 about <laughs> about this. Uh, Coach Pettaway and Charles have made their feelings known. Are you going to be on the other side of this equation? Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I can empathize with with what uh -oh. you guys are saying. There's but no is it a butt coming? At all. There's always a butt, Carlos. There's oh! But uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, let me put it like this, okay? If you play the guarantee game and all the monies went to the kids, mm -hmm. is it still not prostituting the kids? Hmm. That's a yes or no answer. That's a yes or no question. Okay, is it still okay. not say that again? The kids? Yeah, yeah. Say, say that again. If you're playing a guarantee game, if you're playing a guarantee game, and all of the monies from the game went to the kids, is it still not prostituting the kids? Yeah, but but, but at least they got some. I mean, don't do it for free. Come on now. Come it's still I'm just trying to make a point. I'm just trying I'm just trying to point. Okay. You know, the the budget is made up of probably five or six components. Okay. You got game guarantees, you got student fees. Uh, you got probably help that you get from auxiliary services and, you know, all these little ancillary things that, that may be out there, okay? Uh, you are mandated as a, you know, sponsorships and all that sort of, all that's included in the budget, okay? Mm -hmm. That's a number that historically you're looking at, uh, you know, what has happened over the years. You're probably going to add maybe 5 or 10% to it, what have you, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You come up with those numbers and you, you look at, you know, uh, I need, I tell my basketball coach, you tell my basketball coach at Jackson State that he's got 11 non-conference games. Okay. Now, I want him to have some success prior to the conference season. But mm -hmm. I need... $500,000, maybe six. Okay. Now, yep. what I tell him is that coach, this is what I need. I need $600,000. You got 11 games in which to do that. If you play your cards right, you can get me, I'm going to say my money for the sake of whatever. <laughs> you can get me my money in five. <sighs> and then you can play some competition, okay, that you know mm -hmm. you can beat heading into the conference season so that once you get into conference play, you're not on 11, and it doesn't take you three extra games that you've lost in the conference until the kids wake up and say, hey, we can play with these guys. They're on our level. So hmm. you can get it done in a minimum amount of games if you be creative, okay? Let's go to USC. Let's go to UCLA. Let's go to Gonzaga. I'm just throwing those names out there because they're on the West Coast, 
Okay. Yeah, that's, Let's go. That's a lot to of travel. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Carlos, if you schedule a trip so that you're doing that in a one week time frame, you're playing four games in a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe maybe eight days. Okay. You've gotten roughly a little over half a million dollars because they're going to pay you to come out there. You know, you're going to average pretty much close mm-hmm. to a hundred, hundred thousand a pop, you know, and by you piggybacking all that, while you out there, you're saving in terms of transportation, you're saving in terms of hotels. It's not like you're going out to USC and then you're coming back to Jackson state. And then two days later, you're going out to Pepperdine and then you, coming back to Jackson State or two days after that, you go in here, that sort of thing. You're piggybacking all this at the same time, you know, and we all accomplish the immediate goal that we need in terms of getting the guaranteed dollars that we need, okay, in the minimum amount of games possible, and then you still have the ability to schedule some teams that you can win, so you can experience some success prior to getting in the conference play, you know, and then we try to keep it moving mm-hmm. from there. You know, as Coach Petaway said, until well, we that... come up with another viable solution that everybody mm-hmm. can buy in, you got to try to work within the parameters that you have. Now, you don't have to take 10 games to get five, six hundred thousand dollars. You do mm-hmm. that because if I'm Jackson State and I'm going to Mississippi State, they ain't gonna pay you much. Right. Let's call a spade a spade. You know, yep. when I was at North Carolina A and T and you know Duke was right down the road. We got mm-hmm. forty thousand dollars to play Duke. Right. Forty thousand dollars yep. to play Duke. Okay, mm. when I can go to Boston College and get 90, 95. Right. You see what I'm saying? So the in-state school's not going to pay you what right. you work right. because they feel that you ain't coming that far. You know, you don't need all this money. So they're not going right. to pay you the kind of dollars that you're going to make if you travel a little ways, that sort of thing. So you just have to be creative and piggyback on some things. Plus, I don't want to get beat down in my home mm-hmm. state. That's going to kill me from a recruiting point recruit- of view. Yep. And yep. if ands and buts about it. If I'm Jackson State and I'm playing Mississippi State and they beat me by 30 mm-hmm. or 40, okay, I can pretty much give up trying to get a good kid out of that state. You know, whereas mm-hmm. if I'm going out somewhere, Carlos, and I get beat down, it's a score on the paper the next day, and you just hope and pray that it disappears after that, and you kind of <laughs> try to keep it moving. You try to keep it moving from that. Wait, wait, wait. wait go ahead. Wait, 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 yeah, because yeah, yeah, you, you said a lot. It's, but it, it sounds like you're saying let's compromise and, and work, and, and the way you place it, and the way you said it, I can deal with that. But now, 12, 11, 10, 12 games on the road and a bad record, at least from how you explained it, you still have a chance to, to be at least close to 500. 
you know, as you get into and, and, and to get into a conference play. So well, is that what I'm is, hearing? Is that what the system is? Huh? That's exactly right. what you're hearing, Carlos. The system okay. is what the system is right now. And until there's a better option, a, an option that's going to be supported on all sides, you know, you got to try to make do within the system that's in place. Because bottom line is this, you still need that money. Mm-hmm. It's already built in your budget. And if you don't come up with those dollars, Carlos, you're going to have to A, find it from somewhere else, or B, mm-hmm. you're going to have to cut expenses or cut whatever in order to make budget. You know, just like hey, we hey, talk hey. about the Celebration Bowl and, you know, let's, let's uh, for mm-hmm. instance, we talk about guarantee games in football. Okay? When I play a guarantee I- game in football, that money I hate those two. To the athletic, they're going back into the athletic budget. It's already budgeted in the budget. It's not, not for football, right? Coming from out, no, not yes. budgeted for the entire time. So, so in other words, if I say general fund, that's the term basically that that I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that, but when you say when you say general fund, a lot of people take that to mean that it's going to the university general fund. So the English department mm-hmm. and the math department and the science department is getting some mm-hmm. of that money. That is that is not the case. Oh, not, the case for, is, or the case is, I, and I'm... Wait a minute, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Boy, this is getting hot and heavy. I love it. Now, our money did go to the general <laughs> fund. And we, it did not okay. come back to athletics. They, they, took that, okay. they took that money for the general fund. And then I, I got okay. one question for you. Who gets credit for bringing in the game guarantee? Does the coach get credit or the AD? Mm, I, I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound like I'm I'm chickening out on the question. No, uh, not you, Twiller. No, 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 no. I just don't want it to sound like that. But I'm going to say. Uh, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say as long as the money comes in, you know, you know that your coach nine times out of ten is not going to agree with it. You know that for a fact. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you give them a voice in terms of, look, you're going to have to play Duke in football or what have you, you know, or is this something that you want to do? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say no. There's no if, ands, and buts about that. Okay? Now, mm-hmm. so, but... You know, when you are the head football coach at a university, you know that it's bigger than you. You are carrying the mantle for the entire department, all 15, 16, 17 sports that may be out there. You are carrying the mantle for the entire department. So you're going to have to sacrifice a good word or what have you, you know, you're going to have to take one for the team, the team from time right. to time in order for the department to thrive. Now, Coach, I need you on board. And, Carlos, this is something that when we hire these <laughs> coaches, we have to be frank and upfront with them, okay? okay? I'm not going to have you play two or three of these games. No, I'm not going to do that, okay? Not going to do that. We're going to put a limit on the amount of games that you that you play. But 
you're going to have to play at least one. And if you can get me one in for about four, five, six hundred thousand, okay, then I'm happy. Okay, the the budget's happy. Okay, baseball, softball, track and field, they're gonna be happy or happier, let's put it like that, you know, and then we're gonna try and keep it moving from there. But I you know, right, being but- a former football player myself, I'm cognizant of you know, you don't want to try to get beat up and all that sort of thing and stuff. At the same time, I find that, you know, our kids ain't going to back down from nobody. Okay? Right. They're going to go out there. They're going to fight, you know, because in essence, they want to prove that I should be on that other sideline. I should be. I'm good enough to play over there. Okay? And this is my selling point. At the end of the day, when scouts come on your campus, to look at and evaluate your football players and they go into the film room, the first film that they pick up, the very first film that they pick up is of any guaranteed game that you may have played because they want to see how your guy react against the very best. They want to see that. So to me, I use that as a selling point, you know, when a scout from Green Bay comes on this campus, okay, Carlos Brown, he wants to see you playing against Alabama. That's the first tape he's going to go and grab, okay? So, you know, we're going to play this game in hopes of, you know, helping our kids who have pro potential be able to shine in some way, shape, form, or fashion, you know, in mm. order to hopefully kind of give them you know, an outlet to try to make it to the next level. Because I'm telling you, man, the scouts are coming. You know, when I was at A&T, even when I was at Jackson State, they would come, and, and those would be, the, I would walk into the film room. Those are the first games that, they, that they're looking at. I mean, and they're looking and they're digesting and dissecting that sort of thing and stuff. They want to see how you react against the very best competition that may be out there. Interesting. Coach Petaway. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I noticed Willis saying Carlos Brown a lot, using me for example, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You, 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 Coach Petaway, you wanted to say something, and then I want to get to the cost attendance. Okay, well, no, I, I agree with a lot of things that he's saying, and, and I participated in that. You, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think Charles will tell you, he saw the renovations that we did in, in Elmore. I did that through playing game guarantees. Because we had a president who agreed mm-hmm. that if I went out and played those nine conf- uh, money games, I could use the money to renovate Elmore. And we did that. I, I agree on some of this. But now he gave an example of football team playing one game guarantee. Basketball has to play 10 or 11. I, I, it, to me, it doesn't equate. I, I, I think you should go out and play money play money or uh, guarantee games, but I don't think you should play as many. That, I think that's whatever. I think everybody's in agreement. With, well, I don't know. Let me not speak for Charles, but yeah, that, that, that 12 verse, I'm just using 12 versus four or five. What Willow w- w- was talking about to me, that's the ultimate compromise. And, and I think too, we talked earlier about the business model, you know, is it time? Is it antiquated? Is it time to change it? Will would you be willing to to 
change that that business model? Yeah, or is yeah, it? I, I would okay. Say, I, I would say I would I'm say the over compromiser. It is time. It is time for change. There's no doubt about that. My thing would be change mm -hmm. to what, you know, and you know, let's make sure mm -hmm. that if you're going to replace something with something else, that it's mm -hmm. a viable replacement there, you know, that is going I to give can do you it. the same kind of windfall, okay, that you're currently mm -hmm. that you're currently experiencing. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of times when we talk about these classics and all this sort of thing, Carlos, you know, as opposed to the uh, teams or the universities owning these classics, we're dealing with promoters. And anytime you're dealing with promoters, and I hate to say this, mm -hmm. but it, it's true, you're going to come out on the short end of the stick. You're not yep. going to get what you work. You know, you're not going to get the amount of dollars that you're hoping for. And the only thing you're doing is lining somebody else's pocket. At least if I'm playing a guarantee game, I'm lining my pocket, my university's <laughs> pocket, you know, as opposed to uh, uh, such and such, you know, who's promoting the Fountain City Classic or the Circle City Classic or mm -hmm. what have you. These guys are making ton of, tons of money. The schools yep. aren't getting hardly anything in return. You know, and we still play these games time after time. I'm going to say this. I'm going to let somebody else talk also. But uh, the classic in Memphis, mm -hmm. what's the name of it? Uh, heritage. Of it. Heritage. Southern Heritage. Yeah, Her yeah, Southern Heritage, okay? When I was the athletic director at Jackson State and the contract came up for renegotiation, that sort of thing, and mm -hmm. I kept telling the powers that be, this is not a good contract for Jackson State. It's just not. Mm -hmm. It's not. And I think we were getting like maybe 240 250 or what have you, you know. Wow. And uh, I think they took care of your hotels and meals and, you know, that, that sort of thing mm -hmm. and stuff. And, you know, they took care of the band and all that sort of thing. But when you walk up in there and you see all those folks in the stands and you see all the ancillary events that go on throughout the week, paid events okay, mm. that go on throughout the week that's associated with that classic. You know, you know that the 250 that they're giving you is peanuts <laughs> as compared <laughs> to what is really coming in. You know, yeah. and I'm telling you, Carlos, my recommendation was that, you know, either we got to go back to the table in terms of guarantee, because this guarantee should be at least a half million dollars at the very least, okay? Or we mm -hmm. find a game and play it somewhere else, or we get with Tennessee State, the folks at Tennessee State, and we start doing a home and home. Those Cut the middleman out. The folk yep. at the Southern Heritage Classic went around me, okay? Mm. They wind and dine the powers that be. Oh and my! Before I know it, before I knew it, a three-year contract extension had been signed. Mm. See, so that's the old business the model. Kinds of things that, so yeah, you know, so these are the kind of things that's happening, okay, in in real life, in real terms. Well, can, can I ask a question, Carlos? Oh yes, you may, sir. Go ahead. Okay, so. <laughs> I, I, 
and, and, and just this is just some of the things that I've been privy to in terms of budgeting, talking with various athletic directors. So basically, when you talk about basketball, or even football, it, and let's just look at basketball. It's the dollar amount as opposed to the games. There's a dollar amount that you have to come up with. Where do you does that dollar amount you generate, or does that come from your CFO or from your budget off from your finance office? Because that dollar amount's coming from someplace. Is it something that you that you come up with? Because I'm thinking it's an administrative thing. They're they're crunching numbers just like you are, and they're t- they're saying, hey, this is what you basketball's got to come up with. Make that number work. Is that is that kind of how it works? Can I wait Carlos question? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I think no, that's no, Oh, okay. No, I'm just I'm just a host. I'm not the business guy. That number, <laughs> that number comes from that number is a historical figure. Okay, so you're looking back at what has happened over the years, you know, and you probably pretty much want to stay consistent with that. You know, even though you know that expenses are going up every year, that sort of thing. You know, it, it's it's like I'm gonna say I was the AD at three year three years at North Carolina A&T. Okay, uh, my basketball coach at the time I became the AD, he had been there probably like four years. Okay, and me as being the number two in the department for all of those four years, I had an opportunity to see the numbers that he was bringing in. Okay, he was <clears> mandated. <throat> to bring in $750,000. That's what he had wow. to bring in every year for wow. $750,000. So when I became the athletic director, okay, while I wanted to cut down on that, you know, I realized that I couldn't because mm. the budgets would not allow me to do so. We had gotten used to that seven fifty. dollars Matter of fact, we needed more. I just didn't have the heart to tell him that, <laughs> look, bro, no. you know, oh, I, I'm going to need another couple hundred thousand, that sort of thing. So wow. this is what I did, Charles. This is what I did. My second year, my second year as athletic director at A&T, his contract was coming up for renewal. Okay? And his record was horrible. Naturally, mm. it's going to be horrible. Because, you know, you got eight or nine losses at the beginning of each season trying to bring me in 750000 okay? I extended his contract for three years, okay? Gave him a $30,000 raise, okay? And I told him this. And his name is Jerry Eves, okay? I said, and I Coach, I'm going to tell you this. I said, Coach, I'm going to tell you this. I said, you know. Everybody in America is going to be asking me, why, with your record, am I extending your contract? <laughs> I said, but let me play. say this. I, said let, me, I said, let me say this. You know, you have brought in guaranteed money every year since I've been here, not just as AD, but as an associate AD, as a number two person, without fail. No whimper, no whining, no nothing. You know, I said, and when you go to try to find that other job, that next job, you know, you're going to put your resume on somebody's desk that may look like me, may not look like me. 
I'm going to look at your resume. I'm going to look at your one loss record overall. And I'm going right. to say, ain't no way in hell I'm going to hire right. you. Right. Correct. You ain't a winner. Correct. Correct. You see what I'm saying? I said, so, Coach, I owe you. I yes, owe you. you do. And I owe your family. Okay. To do this for you. Okay. So that. You know, you're still going to be employed, that sort of thing and stuff. So, in essence, Carlos, I was rewarding him for helping for the being a team player. For being a team player. Yeah, being a team player. I can't tell you the flack I caught from in the community. Will are you see? crazy? What are you, think, what are you thinking about? This guy, this guy has barely has a 500 record, that sort of thing that you guys don't understand. Okay, take, take those guarantee games out. Necessitate yeah. that he has got to do this. Not only take the guarantee games out, if you take those first three games when you get into conference play, because you don't got your head beat in, that sort of thing and stuff, you're still reeling from that 0 and 9, you know, and you're trying to make sense of it all and trying to get it together, knowing that you should be beating Norfolk State. Merle is for sure. North Carolina, knowing you should be beating these guys, you know, and it's going to take you two or three games before you wake up and say, hey, you know, so, but, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, some things that, you know, you're forced to do. But to answer your question, Charles, you know, you're, you're looking at the budget. You're looking at historically what has been brought in from those programs, okay, and you're looking to try to keep that as consistent as possible, even though you know that you you need more. In essence, you need more because the cost of doing business is rising. You know, but mm. you don't want to hurt your coaches any more than you're already hurting them. You know, and you're trying to find creative ways to kind of lessen the blow. But the bottom line is, you know, I may not be able to fund softball if basketball don't bring in a half million dollars. I might not be yeah. able to fund track and field if football don't play this guarantee game, you know? So it, it is definitely a, tr- a trickle down effect. And I, but I've always been one to kind of wet the beak mm-hmm. of the, you know, sport that's bringing in the money, you know, coach Eves was able to build a weight room in the, uh, in the, in the basketball facility, you know, in the gym that was strictly for men's basketball. You know, he was able to do some things in terms of big TV in the locker room and, you know, the sofas and and recliners and stuff that the kids, you know, want to want to be able to lounge in the locker rooms and, you know, new lockers and all that sort of thing and stuff. So, you know, it wasn't like he was just doing that just strictly for mm-hmm. the other sports. We made sure that, you know, they were able to kind of see some fruits, you know, of the, of the labor, so to speak. And to try to try to keep it moving from there, but you gotta right now, and the way that the system is right now, okay. If you take those things out of the equation, you might as well get ready to cut some sports, right? Because they hey, gotta see, have. AD, here's the thing: there there are not very many ads that think like you. There are not very many presidents that think like you, because the, one of the reasons why you don't see uh, HBCU basketball coaches recycle is because they play so many guarantee games they don't have the record 
So when their resume comes you're across right. that desk, they're, mm, they're, they're basing everything on wins and losses, mm -hmm. and you're not going to get it. So, mm -hmm. so see, you're forward thinking, and if you could convince a president, you will have a viable athletic department. Now, as a coach, if I'm getting something back for my program, I don't mind playing those games. I, I mm. we did just what you did. We refurbished our locker room. We we redid Elmore. We did things with money that a president allowed us to do. But in, in the other years that I was there, every dime went to the general fund. I didn't even get my expense money. At one point, they were giving me my expense money back. If I flew out to California, whatever I spent, they put that back in my budget if I did not get the school to do it. One of the ways of helping our budget, you get the, the school that you're going to play, you get them to, up to do that uh, upfront stuff. The, my transportation, my hotel, that kind of stuff. Now the university doesn't have to come up with that money. But when a coach just goes out there and all he's doing is getting his head beat in and no money, he does not see anything coming back to his program, Man, that that's demoralizing. That's demoralizing. And, and I, I will say this, not not to interrupt you. I would say this, uh, Coach Petaway and Carlos. Okay, the average athletic director, okay, is not a quote unquote solicitor of funds. Okay? <laughs> say that you again. Need, you need you need somebody on your staff right each d1 athletic department hbcu or otherwise and they do this at the pwis they have an associate ad okay that handles nothing but fundraising fundraising correct that is a position mm -hmm. that is a mm -hmm. position we don't do that a lot on the hbcu level if I, as the athletic director, got to go to business to business and knock on doors and all that sort of thing and stuff, okay, my programs are going to go down the toilet. They mm. just are. You don't yep. have enough time in the day to do the day-to-day -day stuff that you, are, that you have to do as an AD, okay, and go out and knock on doors. The AD, Carlos, is the closer. Yep. He's the finisher. Like okay, in baseball, the bullpen. He's a as like he that's it. Mariano Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the but I gotta get some I gotta get somebody yeah. to get me to the ninth. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's where that associate AD say for advancement comes in. That's his job. His job is to go out there, beat those bushes, that sort of thing. And then it's his job to come back to me and say, Wheeler, I need for you to make a presentation to IBM. Okay? And that's when I like have recruiting. stuff together to get in here and close this deal. That's me. Yep. I'm the closer. Okay? But if you're, you're asking not me to knock on the doors, facilitate, and close, then yep. I can tell you this right now. My athletic programs are going down the tube, okay, because nobody's watching the shop at home. Right. You know, there are tons of things that need to be done on a daily basis from an administrative point of view that you are not aware of, you are not able to take care of if you're out there every day beating on doors. 
So I'm not saying that the AD should not be raising funds. I'm saying that the AD should have that associate AD for, for advancement that's going out there, that's knocking on the doors, that, you know, setting up, setting the table, that sort of thing and stuff. And then he's calling on the athletic director to come in and close it. You know, look, I got these guys on the hook. Uh, Will, I need for you to come on in here, you know, give them the spiel, you know, tell them what our, what our vision is, what your vision is, you know, the whole nine yards with that, you know. And then that's my job to go in there and sit before these folks, you know, and put my PowerPoint presentation up there. And, you know, this is where we're headed. This is what we want to do. And this is what's going to happen if you guys partner with us, you know, and then we're able to kind of keep it moving from there. You know, but like I said, if you got your AD away from campus out there knocking on doors, that sort of thing, I can guarantee you there's some things going on on that campus that he's not going to be aware of, you know, where, where if it's academically or, or something, he is going to miss out on, okay, because he's out there trying to knock on doors and, and raise funds. you got to have help. It's not a one-man shop. It's not a one-man show. You know, so my mm-hmm. thing is for all these schools, and I probably have missed out on some jobs because I've said this in interviews. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, if you think I'm going to walk in the door and raise you $2 million, okay, first thing I'm going to say is show me an AD that has. Mm. Show me an right. HBCU AD that has. Right. Okay, and you can't show me one, you know? So why are you asking me, okay, to be able to bring in this outlandish figure when historically it has not been done, okay? And if somebody had an idea in terms of getting it done, it would have been done by now, and it would be getting done on a regular basis. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it, it just is what it is when it comes to that. So, you know, if you're not going to allow me and, and you, what you can do is, I mean, everybody needs a salary, you know, but for your institutional advancement person, you want to give him a base of maybe like 65, 70,000, you know, and then you give him four or 5% of everything over a certain amount of money that he brings in. And if I see you sitting in this office, me and you got a problem. <laughs> yep. okay? You should be out on the road every day. Yep. You know, you should be knocking on doors every day. But if I give you a base of 65, 70, I've given you, quote, unquote, a good salary in mm-hmm. terms of you being able to take care of your family, that sort of thing. You got an opportunity to get bonus uh, monies. If you bring in, I'm going to say over half a million dollars, if you bring in over $500,000, okay, everything over that 500000 you get 5% mm. off. You know, so that's not only going to make you bust your tail to get that initial amount, but then you're going to bust your tail afterwards because a lot of that is going in your pockets as well. Yeah. You know? um, so there's, there's a way to skin the game, but... Mm. You know, like that old addict says, you got to spend money to make money. There you go. Yeah, you know, and that's true. Ain't no doubt about it. On that note, Outstanding. wow. Outstanding. We're, we're out of time, literally. All right. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm what, sorry. What, I'm what, what, all you guys no. time. I apologize. 
No, no it, it was a great and discussion. A great job. Yeah. Well, what I would like to do is continue this again next week, if that's possible. I'm good. I'm, I'm free. Yeah. Charles, you're free? Because it's more than we can Put do. Put me down. Put me down. On, on that note, I appreciate everyone. Hey, uh, Carlos, that is Christmas Eve, sir. Uh-oh, Christmas Eve. Uh-oh. Uh, thank you, Roy. Roy, save me again. Christmas <laughs> Eve. How about how about the following week? Is that would that would that be better? Oh man. Well, New Year's Eve now. Look, look, New Year's Eve. That's fine. We're good. We, 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 we're good. Yeah. We're good. I, I just have to uh, I have to sweeten Roy up uh, on that one. <laughs> no, I'm good for New Year's Eve. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank Will Brown. I want to thank uh, Coach Petaway. Charles, Edmund, and of course everyone who uh, watched today, we appreciate you. Also, Roy Evans, uh, producer. Uh, it's a lot of things that a lot of people don't see uh, behind the scene, and we thank Roy for that. And, and don't forget, there's a fundraiser going on, Black College Sports Network. You can go on. Roy, come in and, 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 and tell them exactly where they can, uh, can contribute to, to, to the fundraiser. All of the information is at myjbn.com forward slash grow, G-R-O-W, myjbn.com forward slash grow. All right. Beating, uh, Central's beating Jackson State 10 to 7 right at the end of the first quarter. Oh, thanks for that update. Wow. Wow. Charles, did you have your prediction on that? I'm watching it right oh, now. Hey, I'm all swag. I'm, I'm predicting Jackson State to win this to win this game. But hey, Central jumped on them early, you know, and that's, that's no, no, that's what we're talking about. They'll come back. They'll come back. Jackson State. They haven't been playing from behind back. very often, so uh, I'm anxious to see these next three quarters. Adversity. They hadn't had much. Yeah. Now you can find yeah, out indeed. when you get when you get hit in the mouth. Guys, have a great uh, Christmas. Appreciate it. I'll be in touch with each each of you. Um, later on this weekend, but, uh,